What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, March 6, 2015. There is a lot of NFL news today, and for the people that tried to go to my website, dannypicard.com, to listen to today's show earlier in the day, I want to apologize. It's been a pretty hectic day here at Beantown Athletics. My, that's where my studio is, here in Boston, Massachusetts, Dorchester, Massachusetts, and uh it's been a kind of a wacky day. They got a lot going on. My producer, Pete Needham, also does a lot of screen printing in the back. Make sure you come to Beantown Athletics for all your screen printing needs. The only union screen printing shop in Boston, by the way. Uh, but, Pete, it's been a hectic day for you, huh? Yeah, man. I'm sorry, man. I wish, all, we, it, I wish we could have done well, this earlier. Well, you know, I, I, I feel bad. You listen, know? no, you shouldn't feel bad. I, I've just been sitting here watching all the fucking NFL news all day. Um... No, but seriously, I would feel bad for you. And then every time I go out there, Eric is shopping in another pair of skates. I've never seen more skates come into this shop. Is have you? Is this something this, that you've seen before? I mean, I a lot of look. Not to say that people don't come in to get their skate shopping. They do. A lot of people do. But it just seems like all at once, and it seems like it's been absolutely nonstop. You see, Eric stands behind this. Uh, little wall. It's actually like we built it like uh, like the boards of a rink. That's yeah, what, like the boards like. of a rink, yeah. but just a little bit higher. A little bit higher. And yep. people put their skates up in front of him, in front of his face, uh, so you can't really see him. And that's not a knock on short people because you know he, he might even be taller than me. I don't know. Well, no, I think I I think yeah, I got it. I think you got. I it. think I got a couple inches on him. Maybe one. But um, he's back there shopping in skates, and you know he's got his little mask on so he doesn't. Uh, you know, he's not wearing... I'm watching him right now. He doesn't even have goggles on. He's supposed to wear the glasses, yeah. right? I think the goggles are more important I think the, the glasses are more important than the face mask that he wears over his mouth. He looks like Bane Yeah, Batman. And, you, I mean, you can't understand what he's saying anyways. And then he has that thing on, so it's it's really bad. But anyways, he's been shopping in skates all day. Um, and I give him a hard time, but I'm just, I'm just fucking with him. And he knows that, and he's a great kid. And that's the last compliment I'm going to give him on this show. Uh, and it could be the last compliment a lot of people give him for a long time because there's a lot of playoff hockey in Massachusetts this weekend, apparently. That's what I keep hearing. Everybody yeah, comes in. Like and I, I heard yeah. a guy say to him, this guy said to him, now he said it, the tone was in jest. He said, yep, a lot of playoff, big playoff game today. Don't mess up. He's giving him a little, uh, yeah, yeah. give him the wink. Almost, you know. uh. Almost as if maybe Eric messed up on the guy's skates before. <laughs> and um, Never happened. So there's a lot of people that are really going to judge Eric by the jobs that he's he's doing today. But you know what? This is his playoffs. So he's well, up, I for, hope he's he up for the challenge. Up. He's up for the challenge. I, ho- I hope so. Because he's got a lot of skates still in front of him. And they keep pouring in. I'm, I'm shocked. Not that they keep pouring in. But at the same time, they just do skates in front of his face all day. <laughs> And I was today would have been a good day to bring him in and talk about his invention, yeah. but I wouldn't want to take him off his A game because if we did that, there'd be some people slipping and sliding this weekend all over the ice with some dull dull blades. But um, we won't knock him anymore. Uh, you know who I, I do have somebody I need to knock today. I, I have someone I need to open the show up today and knock, and it's it's the Boston Bruins general manager. And look, I. I don't I don't just and I'll get to some NFL news before I close it out. And and not just Patriots news. 
because there's news outside of New England here in the NFL. That's big news. But I need to get something off my chest because I wrote a column over the weekend here for the Boston Metro. Make sure you go check it out. And I didn't even link it because I didn't link it on Twitter or Facebook. If you follow me, you know that I link fucking everything because all I do is self-promote. I mean, I don't want to have to do that, but I have to do that. Who else is going to promote for me? I Nobody. So I got to self-promote. Um, and, you know, I have this story in the Metro that I wrote yesterday. And I, I, I was defending Peter Shirelli, the Bruins GM, the Boston Bruins GM in the National Hockey League. I was defending Peter Shirelli. The point of the column was something that I've really, I said the other night on TV, on Comcast Sportsnet New England. I've said multiple times on this very show, <clears throat> this, excuse me, this very show, I said, I, I sort of, I think, teased it going into the deadline that if he did this, I would be okay with that. Well, Shirelli did just what I was okay with. One, he did not panic. He did not try to outbid a team like, let's say, for example, the Detroit Red Wings and give them a first-round pick for a veteran winger in Eric Cole. Excuse me, you know, to give Dallas the first-round pick, but ultimately outbid Detroit because that's where Eric Cole went, right? You could say that the Bruins, being a team that, look, I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll get the eight seed, and I don't know that that's necessarily a, a, a praise to them as much as it might be a knock on a team that's trying to chase them like the Florida Panthers. I don't know that I see that team below the Bruins that um, I'm so dead set on them making a serious playoff run. So the Bruins might end up, they might be able to back their way into the playoffs, right? And if you're the Bees and you're the general manager of a team who, at least if you listen to people on the outside, they seem to believe, or a lot of people seem to believe that the GM of the Boston Bruins job security is... Not very good, right? That this guy might be on the hot seat. That Peter Shirelli, his days in this town may be numbered based on what he's done with the salary cap, based on the players that he brought in, and really based on the moves that he's made that, let's face it, this season haven't helped this team out one bit. Haven't. Haven't helped this team out one bit. Um, All of that said, Peter Shirelli, I think it would have been easy for him to make a panic move at the deadline. And that panic move would have been outbidding Detroit and giving Dallas a first-round pick for a guy like Eric Cole. Again, just to use that as an example, if the team said, hey, we want to bring in a veteran forward who can be a, a top-six forward and give us a playoff run, uh, help us with a playoff run, right? Well, he didn't do that, and I'm glad he didn't do that. Instead, he went out and he traded a couple second-round picks for a 22-year-old and Brett Conley, who was a first-round pick in 2000. Was a first round pick in 2010, sixth overall, which is a pretty good first round. Taylor Hall, Tyler Sagan, Ryan Johansson, Jeff Skinner, Tarasenko, uh, Brett Conley. You look at even deeper down the first round, Kevin Hayes, who's having a nice season for himself in his rookie year with the Rangers, formerly played at BC with the Eagles. You know, yeah, that's a good first round. And Brett Conley. Uh, he's had some injuries. He's obviously injured now. He broke his hand at practice. It, one of his first Bruins practices took a shot from the point, hit his hand. He had surgery. He's out. But the Brett Conley deal, you know, he comes here with 12 goals, which is the same amount of goals. Uh, you know, at least it was the same amount of goals when he came here. 
right? When, when the trade was made, you look at it, you say, hey, he's got 12. Riley Smith's got 12. And that's third, tied for third on the Bruins in goals. So that, that's not bad. That's not, that's not a bad deal. Two second-round picks for a kid who has a whole lot of potential, who was taken early on in a, in a first round of a draft that's very talented. So, I'm a, you know what? The more I thought about the Conley deal, the more I loved it. And not just because it, it wasn't a panic move. It was a move that, that I think can help this team next year and, and the two or three years after that and even longer. You know, that could, that could be an absolute steal. In fact, I read on ESPN.com that, that GMs, a couple GMs had texted um, the reporter for ESPN. I forget who it was, Burns, or maybe Scott Burnside. I think ESPN wrote the story. And, and I, I apologize for not having the name. I read it a couple days ago. Um, it was one of the many stories that you read on the trade deadline. But anyways, the, the point of the story is GMs were wondering, did Tampa Bay really trade Brett Conley? They were shocked. They didn't know he was available. One, uh, they didn't, you know, they didn't think he would be available. Two, so they were they were shocked at that, and the Bruins ended up getting him, and they get a good player. I think that I love the Brett Conley move. They also bring in Max Talbot, who we're calling this glue guy. Bruins bring in Max Talbot. I think what that is doing is basically, if you're Peter Shirelli, you're saying, well. Maybe we messed up by not bringing Sean Thornton back. Maybe we messed up by not bringing a guy who's that veteran, good locker room, dressing room guy, uh, behind the scenes, off the ice, the veteran that guys look up to that's not necessarily about skill or speed, but is more really about um, respect and guys listening to him. You know, that's what that's about. They didn't bring Thornton back. I never understood it because they never improved the fourth line after that. I can see if you're going to let Sean Thornton go, a guy who's the heart and soul of the team off the ice, um, protecting his teammates, you know, and then being somebody that guys would listen to if he had something to say. You let him go and you didn't improve it. You know, Craig Cunningham didn't improve the fourth line. I'm sorry. Some people in this town that like Craig Cunningham, and I don't know what they're looking at, and who are upset that Craig Cunningham just left for nothing, and I'm not that crazy about it. I wasn't crazy about letting him go, uh, excuse me, crazy about his game where I got mad about letting him go for nothing, let him go for nothing. You know, there's a couple guys on this team that I don't think you can let go for nothing, but you might end up having to because you didn't move him at the deadline. But yesterday I wrote a column in the Boston Metro, and I defended Shirelli because, one, he didn't panic, and, two, we made some moves that are really about next year. Max Talbot is also under a contract for next year at $1 million. You can handle that. You're admitting, hey, we need that. We actually do need that leadership glue guy who doesn't provide you all the skill in the world, that veteran that guys look up to and will listen to and respect. We do need that. So we messed up there. Um, and we'll bring in a forward, a right-handed shot, right winger, six foot two, loves to shoot the puck, had, you know, had, had 12 goals coming into the season. We think he's a top six forward. He was taken early in a nice first round of a draft, and maybe he hasn't had the opportunity to turn himself into a top six forward in the NHL. We're going to give him that opportunity. I'm... I'm okay with that. The Bruins are thinking at the trade deadline, Peter Sorelli was thinking of next year. He was thinking of the year after that. And I'm fine with it. Because when I think of next year or the year after that, I think of a Bruins team that can win a championship. I do. I think of a Bruins team that can win a championship. But, you, but, but you're also, by not panicking right now and making the moves that he did, it looks to me like the Bruins and Peter Sorelli were committed to making moves this offseason that would help them be a contender 
a, a legitimate Stanley Cup contender next year. And I, again, I wrote in the Metro, my column, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that mindset. I really am. There's news today out of the Boston Bruins. Um, the news is that they signed Tory Krug and Riley Smith to new contracts. Right? Tory Krug's contract is a one-year deal paying him $3.4 million for next season. The Riley Smith deal is a two-year deal, which is worth a total of $6.85 million, which is a cap hit next year um, and the next year after that of $3.4 mil a season. Um, I get that you got to pay guys to stick around. I-, I get that there's situations with arbitration and you can look at the careers of some guys and you can say, well, this is what they would have got. This is what they would have see- received. Um, this is what another team would have to give a guy based on his, uh, gee, I don't know, uh, resume, I guess you want to call it, his body of work in an NHL career, whether it's a young NHL career or an old NHL career. And, you know, when you look at these two deals, and you do look at what they're worth based on the body of work and based on what things, everything else that's going on in the National Hockey League with regards to salaries and money that's spent. You know, you look at the deal, and, and before you get too crazy, both of these deals, I guess they make sense with regards to the money and what else is being spent around the league. If you don't want to look at the player on the ice and you want to look at some numbers, certain numbers, and you want to compare them with other numbers and other salaries, all right. I, I get it. You're going to make your argument. The numbers guys, um, the mathematicians, they're all going to come out of the woodwork and they're going to show me that Riley Smith had 20 goals last year playing 82 games. He had 51 points, right? You're going to show me that. You're going to say, yeah, he's 23 years old. If he went to the market right now, he'd probably get somewhere between uh, 3 and 3.5 million. You would try to convince me of that, again, based on the resume what's on paper, and based on what's on paper with other guys and other salaries around the league. They're all going to come out of the woodwork, and they're going to tell me what's right and what's wrong. Same thing with Tory Krug, right? Now, Krug apparently only wanted a one-year deal. He's gambling on himself. He's saying, I'm going to sign this, and my goal is uh, to have a phenomenal year next year and what will be a contract year, and then I'll really, uh, you know, I'll really break the bank, Right? You're asking me, all right, Danny, get to the point. Do you think these are good deals or do you think these are, are bad deals? Well, if you ask me to take one of these deals and say, hey, you can only have one of these guys, who would you take? Who would you keep around? I tell you, it's a no-brainer. I'd keep around Tory Krug. That would be the guy out of these two that I keep, right? That would be the guy. And if it means giving him three mil a year, um, then, I, I, then you know what? I got to do it. I, I would have to do that. I would absolutely have to do that. He's going to get 3.4. I didn't think he'd get that much. I really didn't. I did not think Tory Krug would get 3.4, but I do think $3 million for the player uh, and the talent that he has, I, I think that if you wanted to do it with one of these guys, that would have been the guy I would do it somewhere between three and three and a half. 
that would be that would be the deal I'd be talking about. If you told me you had to give both of these guys three and a half million dollars, I would tell you you're out of your fucking mind. All right, because let's go back again to what's wrong with the Boston Bruins right now. Can we think? Can, so so all the math people out there who are looking at other deals around the league and trying to tell me this what this guy would have got. And Peter Sorelli's one of them, who, who talked to the media today and he said, well. Guys, this is what Riley Smith would have received. Uh, arbitration, free agent. Uh, fucking great, okay? Great. Let's back up for a minute, all right? Let's back up for a minute here. And, 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 and let's please evaluate what's going on in this organization and what Riley Smith actually is. Let's evaluate what he is. Rather than what's on paper, rather than what's on paper around the rest of the fucking league, Can we take a step back for a second and also evaluate what the biggest issues are in the organization? I defended Peter Cirelli in a a column for the Boston Metro. Fuck, I was going to go on my radio station, radio show this weekend on WEI and defend the guy to a lot of people that I I figured are going to call in disagreeing with me by saying they didn't like what he did at the trade deadline by getting Conley and Max Talbot. You know, thinking that he should have done more. Or, you know, he should have tried to add more or go out and get a defenseman, right? I figured that people would disagree with me on that. And I was going to defend the guy. I defended him in my column yesterday. And, And today, Peter Shirelli makes me look terrible. He makes me look terrible because I thought... I thought at the deadline, I thought, and I wrote it, and I believed it, and I was going to get on WEI, I got on TV the other night on Comcast Sportsnet, and I just thought, I just thought that this guy understood that he got it, right? I thought something clicked at the deadline that said, you know what, we're a team that can win next year, but we got more work to do this offseason. One thing I didn't think would be happening is given Riley Smith and Tory Krug both 3.4 3.4 mil for next year. Think about that for a minute. Think about what that is. Think about how much money that is. Forget about what's on paper. You watch the games. You're here in Boston. You're a Bruins fan, right? You watch the games. You see what they do. You see what they provide. Um, Could each... Continue to build their resume and become better hockey players? Yeah, I guess they could. If you ask me to keep one over the other, it's a no-brainer. It's Tory Krug. That's the guy I'm keeping. It's a no-brainer. But when you give both of these guys $3.5 million, back up for a second and realize once again what the problem is with the organization. Now, I never was someone that crushed Peter Shirelli with the previous deals that he gave out by overpaying players. Because that's, that's the problem. There are guys who are underperforming slash overpaid. And it might be with all of these guys somewhere in the middle of that. Guys underperforming and guys overpaid. Maybe it's in somewhere in the middle. If we can meet, just for this argument, if we can meet somewhere in the middle there. I, I never crushed Peter Shirelli, the Bruins GM, when he re-signed these guys, the, the core group. Right? To these big deals and no trade clauses. Because when you have a group that continues to win, man, you want to keep this group around. Especially if they're young. Right? You want to keep this team together. Because you know that they got a shot. 
and, and they've done a good job of keeping the guys together. And I didn't knock them for that because I liked what was on the ice. I liked what they were doing. I liked the team that they have. I liked that uh, they always had a shot. I mean, this is a team that just won the President's Trophy, right? Um, but I will judge him on how he reacts to when you get to the point where those contracts that you gave out and the rest of the team under the salary cap, how you manage everything when it's time to get, when you get into a tough situation, the more these contracts go on. And when Peter Shirelli signs these guys to contracts, I didn't knock him, but he knew he was getting himself into situations. He knew he was getting himself into a couple tough situations and that he would have some tough decisions to make down the line. He knew that. I will judge him on how he handles being in these tough situations. And how I, hand, how I judged him this, off, this past offseason, I judged him as a guy that absolutely, absolutely 110% fucked up. He traded Johnny Boychuk, and he should have never done that. That is one of the stupidest trades I have ever seen in my entire life. He is at really everything Bruins hockey stands for. Defensive-minded, big, tough, physical, defensive player, blocks shots, um, has a big shot of his own. He's not a liability with the puck on his stick. He's a top-four defenseman, and you traded him for draft picks, and you didn't even get a first. <laughs> All right? You didn't even get a first. If you traded Johnny Boychuk at the trade deadline, you would have got a first-round pick. I think. But you should have never traded him at all, really. There were things that you could have done to make sure that he stayed with the Boston Bruins, even if it meant letting, even if it meant taking a shot at a cup neck this year and maybe even letting him walk. I'm sorry, but at least if Boychuk was on this team, this would be a much better defensive team. I've never seen a Claude Julien run, run team be this bad defensively. Even sloppy on the penalty kill. That's been their bread and butter, the penalty kill. Heck, you can make the argument that's why they won a cup because their penalty kill was the best maybe we've seen in the history of the league, right? Forget about the power play. If you can stop other teams' power plays from putting the puck in the net, you're going to be in business when you get to the tournament. So... They just, the Bruins just don't have that. This is one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen Claude Julien have, maybe in his career. Um, so there's things that you need to fix. Getting rid of a top four defenseman for draft picks was not one of the things you needed to do. You did that. And as I mentioned, the Sean Thornton thing, you got rid of him and the leadership. Uh, I think the Max Talbot move at least confirms to me that he understands, hey, maybe that was a bad idea. Maybe you do need guys like that in the room. And at times this season, the Bruins could have used someone like it. So I, I just, I, I looked at those things in the offseason, and I crushed Peter Shirelli for it. I absolutely crushed him for those things, especially trading Boychuk. I, I, you know, that was just stupid, and it never made sense to me, and I told you it didn't make sense, and it certainly doesn't make sense now. But when you, when, when you do all these things, right, and if you're the Bruins and you are going to commit to Shirelli and you're going to let, give him a chance to fix this, I didn't, want to, I didn't want him to panic at the trade deadline, and he didn't. And I've defended him for that now for the last couple days. But while I've been defending him, I'm, here I am defending Peter Shirelli. And what does he do? He signs Tory Krug and Riley Smith to contracts of each, birth, each worth both $3.4 million a year. Again, if you want me to pick one over the other, Tory Krug, let's do it. 
All right, I got to pick one to give three, three and a half mil to. Tory Krug, it's a no-brainer. I'm not even thinking twice. You want to give both him and Riley Smith? Makes no sense to me. You can try to, you can try to tell me all, all you want that Riley Smith scored 20 goals this year. Um, you can try to tell me all you want. Well, what's Riley Smith doing for you this season? There have been stretches where he's looked as bad as I've seen anybody play in the league. In the league. And I'm sorry. I can't just look at numbers and tell you that so-and-so is worth this X amount and Y amount. I need to see him play. And I need to see how good of a player he is. I need to evaluate the on-ice portion of this. You know? There's things that they do now with numbers and Corsi and this and fucking that. And fine. I'm not knocking the people that believe in that shit. But here's what I know. I like to trust my eyes with the fact that I know if a player is worth over $3 million or even $3 million and a player who is not. And when I look at a team whose biggest issue now is to manage the salary cap the next couple of years, you got Dougie Hamilton coming up. Carl Soderberg is due for a new contract. And you didn't trade him at the deadline, which you probably should have done now. Right? What are you going to do with Carl? You're going to let him walk? People up in arms that they let Cunningham and Frazier walk. Who gives a shit? How about Soderberg? You could have got something good for him. You could have created a package. How about your package, Riley Smith and Soderberg? You had a first-round pick or something. Who knows? Free up some space. Do your work in the offseason. I don't know. Here's what I do know. Tory Krug and Riley Smith, both of these guys, given the situation the Bruins are in, they are both not worth Three and a half mil. They're not. They're not. They're not. And I thought they understood what was going on. And I thought I understood what the... Br- I thought that they... I thought they understood it. And they, I thought they got it. I thought Shirelli gets it now. Apparently he doesn't. Riley Smith? Three and a half million dollar player. Pete, is Riley Smith a three and a half million dollar player? Is you know he a three and a half million dollar player? You know what I think of those contracts? What? They suck. <laughs> they suck. That's Claude that Julien last, last night, night yeah. talking about the shootout. Talking about the shootout. Um, no, I, yeah, that shootout didn't look good last night. Shootout did not look good last night. And but forget about the shootout for a second. And let's get back to these contracts because again, you know, it, it's one thing if you have a team that's okay under the salary cap, right? I mean, th- again, think about the reason the Bruins are in situations right now, are in a tough spot because of bad contracts. And underperforming players, again, let's meet in the middle with that, right? Riley Smith, again, I'll ask you, is he worth three and a half mil? Is he a three and a half million dollar player? What if it happened to earning three and a half mil? What if it happened to that? And people say, well, Riley Smith was going to get three and a half million dollars anyways. Well, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was the market value for what I saw on the ice with my own eyes as to what Riley Smith actually is. Again, you can give me all these numbers that you want. What I see is a guy that is not worth $3.5 million. He's not. At least he hasn't earned that to me. And if you're the GM and you know what that's going to cost you based on arbitration or based on what else is around the league, then guess what? You have a decision to make. And you know what the decision is? It's not to bring him back. It's to move him at the deadline. You know, these are the decisions that we that people have been crushing Shirelli for. And 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 these people with this Riley Smith contract and both of these contracts combined, to me, this is just more fuel to their fire. And you know what it is? 
The more he does things like this, the less and less someone like myself can defend the guy. I can't defend him for giving Riley Smith this contract. Can't do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. He's not a $3.5 million player. He has not earned that. He has 12 goals this year. You're calling him a 20-goal scorer. He had one season in which he scored 20 goals. I get that it was his first full season he scored 20 goals in. Uh, Give him the situation. The situation that was around him. Look, does he have skills? Is he talented? Is he a good player? Yes, he's a good player. But is he worth? Is he a three and a half million dollar player? I'm sorry, you gotta earn that. Just because you got traded for Tyler Sagan doesn't mean that you're a three and a half million dollar player when you score 20 goals. I've seen him play. I'm watching him play this year. He's not a fucking three and a half million dollar player. And there are issues in this organization. You know, it's one thing if they're in a division race and the salary cap looks good the next couple seasons. No, 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 no. It looks terrible. The salary cap situation with them is terrible. You know how bad the salary cap situation is? So bad that to try and think about even making a trade, they had to bring up Malcolm Subban in a game that they needed to win. Battling for a playoff spot. They brought him up. They said, ah, we'll throw the kid in. We need some trade value on this team. That's when you know your organization's in a bad spot. That's when you know you're in a bad spot. They're in a, bad, they're in a tight spot. And I thought that by committing to the offseason, part of that would mean, okay, no more, you know, no more contracts that at least might turn out to be questionable. And if Riley Smith sits there and says he wants three and a half mil, then first, first things first, you need to know what he's asking for or what he's going to get before the trade deadline. And if you think that's too high, which I'm sorry, if you look at both Smith, you look at Krug, and you put these guys together, and you say to yourself, all right, are both of these guys worth this? I th- oh, wow, the answer to me is just easy. No, you either take one or the other, in my opinion, with the, given the things that are going on with your team and your salary cap. And other guys that you also need to sign. Think about this. They didn't make a move at the deadline that got rid of someone. That got rid of one of these guys. They, 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 people are just going to walk. Soderberg's not coming back. Are you kidding me? They should have traded him at the deadline. They, but get creative. It goes back to I, a couple weekends ago. I said, you, you know, we want the GM to get creative. And I'm sorry, three and a half mil to Riley Smith is not creative. That's not creative for me. It's foolish. It's foolish. Um, I just, I don't get it. You know, what, what happened to earning? What happened to earning the money? You know, you went out, you got Brett Conley. And you're not going to be paying him that money. He's not going to be making that. Right? Uh, so, who's actually more talented player? Who's a more talented player? Riley Smith or Brett Conley? Who's more talented? I, to be honest, I don't think we know the answer to that question. And the fact that you don't know the answer to that question means that Riley Smith is not worth three and a half mil because he hasn't earned it yet. What, one season, 20 goals? This season he has 12 and 35 points? And we're calling we're sitting here calling him a... Tw- See, when you tell me that a guy is a 20-goal scorer, you cannot tell me that he had one year <laughs> with 20 goals. That, that's not the definition of 20-goal score. One season with 20 goals. I'm sorry, it's not. Not when, you, not when you're taking 20 goals and you're saying it equals 3.5 mil in a salary cap league for a team that has no money left to spend and more guys to sign. 
I need more than one season of 20 goals. If Riley Smith had three seasons of 20 goals, then you got an argument here. Then we're having a conversation. I still might even disagree based on what I see in the ice, but at least you got an argument. One year of 20 goals, and the next year after that, only 12? Uh, no. So, And based on, again, what I've seen from the kid, good player, not worth three and a half mil. Absolutely not worth three and a half mil. So, uh, I, I, I was defending Shirelli, and I all of a sudden have to stop. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I can't. Now, does he have more moves to make? Yes. He has obvious salary cap to get ri- salary to get rid of. Seidenberg, maybe he gets rid of Louie. Uh, you know, maybe he's factoring those in. I don't know. In fact, these deals today, the more I think about it, the more I'm wondering if there was some sort of behind-the-scenes handshake agreement that they were going to get these deals. When they signed them both uh, to these one-year contracts, you know, both players missed training camp, right? And they signed them to these deals. I-, I-, I guess I'm just wondering, is that what happened? Did they say, hey, you know, we'll fit you under the cap this year with the 1.4, whatever the fuck it was. And then at the end of the season, we'll announce the real extensions and the real contracts. You know, is this a way to beat the system? Did they already give them these contracts and all of a sudden now they're in a spot where they have to try and defend it for a kid who's only got 12 goals this season? And Riley Smith, is that what this is? I don't know. I mean, I I guess it looks like, it kind of looks like it. But I don't know where the Bruins are going. I, 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 sit, I, I, am, I am literally, you know, I'm standing today in the studios at Beantown Athletics. And I, I've, been, I've had all day to think about it. This We're recording the podcast late today. There's been a lot of stuff going on here in Beantown Athletics. Um, I've had all day to think about it. And I, I, don't, I, I just don't understand the Riley Smith contract, given the fact that it comes with Tory Krug getting the same money. Who would you rather have? Tory Krug. To me, it's not even it's not even a question based on what I see on the ice. You know, you give me numbers all you want. I I like to tr- I trust my eyes on this one. It's it's a no brainer. I think Tory Krug is the more valuable piece to what this Bruins team needs. And given the salary cap implications that are going on right now, I just I just don't think you can give both of these guys three and a half million dollars. You needed, you know, and, and if you knew going into the deadline that Riley Smith was going to cost you that then guess what? I think you should have made a move. You should have tried to move him. I get he's only 23. Turns 24 in April. And you don't want to give up on a young player, especially one that you traded for when you gave up on another young player and Tyler Sagan. And that's, you know what? That's a factor here. Don't think it is not. Don't think it's not. I, I just, I, I, I want to understand what the Bruins are doing, and I thought I understood it at the deadline. I thought I understood it at the deadline. I don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand what they're doing. So I now I just need to wait and see. I just need to wait and see. Right? I, I just need to wait and see. I have no idea. So we'll, we'll wait and see <laughs> because I don't think they're going to win a cup. Um, I think they'll get into the playoffs. They could even back into the playoffs. I'm not going to sit here and complain about shootouts because the only thing worse than shootouts are the people that bitch and moan about them nonstop, right? The, what, do you want to, what do you want to do? You want them to play all night? You know, you want them to go, you know, you want them to just keep playing? You want some games to never end three overtimes? First of all, you, you think the players want that? No. 
A game needs to end. There are things you could do. Maybe uh, do a 10-minute do overtime. 10-minute overtime. Right? Why not try that? Give me a 10-minute overtime. I'll do it. Eight minutes. Add a couple more minutes if you want. But you can't just have the... It need, there needs to be a time in which the game ends. All right? So this is... Without ties, this is the way to do it. And I don't want ties. You got to end it somehow. So, uh... You know, I got one gripe with, with the shootouts. What? And it's with the goalies. What? You know, I grew up, I was a goalie. You were a goalie. I was, I was pretty good. Yeah. And one of my, str- my strongest points was I was very good on the breakaways. Okay. I was very good on uh, in shootouts. Uh-huh. Why don't you see more goalies use the, the almighty poke check? Tuki used it last night on one Yeah, of them. and he got burnt when he should have used it on two other times or mm-hmm. in the past, I don't know how many friggin' shootouts that Well, I mean... But Some I'm of these guys right now, can just put it upstairs, and, and if you if you poke check it, all of a sudden you're vulnerable up top. I'm telling you right now, dude, there's there's way too many guys getting in close to the goalies and using the hands because they're so good that mm-hmm. way. The poke check, they got to bring it back. Yeah. Not too many people use it. I'm well, telling you. Look, I'm not going to sit here and get into a shootout debate. So <laughs> if That's you, not if a shootout debate. Well, that's just a, it's a breakaway debate That's a, in general. That's breakaways a, that's, in general. That's just a scru- my scru- me scrutinizing there you go. the goalies. It, I've scutinized Peter Shirelli. You're scrutinizing the goalies. Um, poke, poke check. Yeah. Bottom yeah, line is, I think uh, the more this Bruins season goes on, the more they're going to get scrutinized. And in the offseason, the spotlight will be on the GM who played things at the trade deadline like he was going to be here. To make to fix it, I. It, but let me let me tell you this: to fix what's going on with this team, salary cap is involved. And if you tell me that signing Riley Smith to a three and a half million dollar deal is helping to fix things in the organization, then I'll tell you, you just don't get it. It because that's not the way to fix it. I'm sorry, it's not. You know, at least you you can't you haven't he hasn't earned three and a half mil. I just don't I just don't see it. Hasn't earned it. Um. So we'll see what the Bruins we'll see what happens with the Bruins moving forward. But that, there's my thought. I'm 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 upset because I defended Shirelli, and here he is making a move that I really disagree with. I really disagree. And people say, "Oh, you can't let him walk." Well, what? Why not make them trade? Then you should have traded them. Then you should have moved them. You're the general manager of a professional team. You need to. You just don't say, well, yeah, we'll just give him the money. What's he, what's he owed? 20 goals last season? Other guys around the league, three and a half million. All right, we'll give him, we'll give him 3.4. That's, that's, a, that's a bad move. That doesn't make sense to me business-wise. You might like the hockey player. I, Riley Smith, the hockey player. Listen. Listen, for people that say, oh, you, you're shitting on Riley Smith. Let me, let me just, I'm going to grab you and shake you for a second. Think he's a good hockey player. I'm not saying he's not. He's a good hockey player. But this is a fucking business. It's a business. And in the business of having a salary cap with a good hockey player, you can't just put a price tag, a three and a half mil on the kid and say, I got to bring him back. A th- Riley Smith on three and a half mil to me, is you saying, I have to bring him back. You watch him play. Is he a, I have to bring him back type of player? Is he? I I, I will, I am not, an, as of today, on Friday, March 6, 2015, I am not telling you that Riley Smith is a, 
I need to have him back type of player. He's a good player. He can help your team. But in a salary cap league, this is a business. And I'm sorry. I just cannot sit here and tell you and look you in the eye and tell you with a straight face that Riley Smith is worth three and a half mil. I, I can't do it without laughing right in your face. I'm sorry. And if that looks like me shitting on the kid, then, then you know, whatever. Whatever. You know, he, he, pulls down, he pulls down L Street and Southie on his Range Rover and his nice new Range Rover. And he hasn't even signed the deal yet. So, uh, you know, I, I just hope drinks are at him on Lincoln this weekend on West Broadway and Southie. I, I hope drinks are on him, right? Uh, hey, man, that's yeah, take two. Yeah. Riley, down here, three, three and a half. Give me three and a half drinks. Wow. I, the last Bruins news I thought I would hear today, and I've been sitting here in the studio since 9 o'clock this morning just thinking about, this, about these deals and how I just don't get it. I just don't get how the GM gets that that makes sense. I, I don't. I don't. That's because three, 3.4 mil is awfully – and I know it's not 4 mil, but it's awfully close to it. <laughs> I, I I just don't even think of Riley Smith being even close to being worth four mil a season. Based on what? Based on what? Whatever happened to earning contracts? Right? Oh man. You know, I um I want to see this Bruins team succeed next year. Because I think they have a chance. When people wanted to trade Tuka, they wanted to trade Chara, I, I told you, no. I'm not getting rid of either of those guys. All right? It's just, it's not going to happen. I think this team has a shot. They have the pieces. They have the dominant goaltender. They have uh, the big shutdown defenseman. They have depth up the middle. Krejci, Bergeron. All right? They got that. They got some young kids in the system. They could be pretty good. Spooner uh, is one of them. Um, Pasternak is another. You know, I'm not getting rid of Lucic. I still like him when you get to the playoffs. And I'm giving this team a shot next year to get back and contend for the division and contend again. But you need to do things this offseason to fix what's gone wrong. And again, in a salary cap league, you have to spend your money wisely. But you got to spend your money wisely while trying to fix the product on the ice. I feel like the Bruins fell in love with Riley Smith, and I I have no fucking idea why. I have no idea why. I I just don't know. I'm, I'm trying to come up with answers. I don't have them for you. I'm sorry. Shirelli try to tell us that that's what he's worth, given the numbers, and that he's a 20-goal scorer. He scored 20 goals once. And if we're just all of a sudden putting uh, labels on guys as 20-goal scorers in the National Hockey League in one season, then, well, you're going to have a tough time putting out an entire NHL uh, roster together based on the salary cap. So, all right. That, that's, that's my – I, I got to move on. Because I'll, I'll just keep going on it. And, and I'll keep going. And the more I talk about it and think about it, the the less I understand what the Bruins are doing. I, I don't know. We'll have to, I guess we'll wait and see. But before you move on, yeah. did, you, did you get a chance to see any of the other contracts league-wide? For how much? Per, three and a half? Yeah, pertaining to the salary cap and what you know Riley Smith is getting paid. To, no. I mean, I well... I've I've seen a couple names, but give me. You, you sound like you have a name. Yeah, you mentioned. You sound like you have a name. You mentioned the 2010. You sound draft. like you have a name I that's do. gonna really piss me off even I more do. than I'm pissed off right now. Go ahead. You mentioned the 2010 draft. Well, that's what Conley was taking. Those, you know, I I Conley. Some big names. 
Yes, uh, Conley is someone who is not making three and a half mil. And I, I asked the question, who has more talent and who could turn out to be a better hockey player, Brett Conley or Riley Smith? And I don't think it's crazy to think that in two years we're talking about Brett Conley being a much better player than Riley Smith. And all he'll have to do is look at Riley Smith's three and a half mil and say, well, I want a whole lot more than that. Well, here's a name from that draft class. From 2010. Yep, that sticks out. Ryan Johansson, Columbus Blue Jackets. What's he making? Three mil this year. He's making three mil this his, year. His cap hit is four mil based on his contract, but three mil is his base salary. What's his contract? His contract is, I think he signed through 2016, right? His base salary this year is three mil. Next year, three mil. And then 2016, it goes, bumps up to six. But this year, three mil. So for the next three years, he's it comes contract. out to four mil a year. Yeah. 12, years, 12 mil over the next three years, Ryan Johansson? Yes. And that comes out to four mil a year. And Ryan Johansson, 22 years old. Again, the fourth overall pick by the Blue Jackets in the 2010 draft. Um, Johansson is, he's, he's scored 30 in a season. I'm pulling up his stats right now while you mention it. Johansson, all right, here we go. His, I no, I got it right here. Ryan I Johansson. I would keep you going. Ryan Johansson, 2013-2014, which was last season in 82 games. 33 goals. 33 goals. All right? He has 22 goals. This season. Uh, so, ultimately, he's about 10 to 15 goals a year more and better than Riley Smith. And Johansson, for the next couple of years, is only going to be making uh, a little over half a mil more than Riley Smith per year. Do we really think that Ryan Johansson and Riley Smith are on the same level? D- does Peter Shirelli believe that? Well, hold on. No, Riley Smith is going to be making more than Ryan Johansson next year. Well, next year based on the yeah. cap hit. Well, no, based on the salary, the base salary. But in, in two years, Johansson, you said, in is making two years, six. He's making six. I yeah. guess the way I figured that out in my head is if I, I took the three, you took the average. I took the 12, and I'm just averaging that I out. Get... Let's just average it out to be four mil. Right. Which means that Johansson is given, and I'm just going by numbers in the NHL and salaries and goal scored and what people are trying to tell me. This is what I'm doing. So people are trying to tell me over the next three years. Uh, forget this year. The next two years. People are trying to tell me that over the next two years that Ryan Johansson is only a half mil better than Riley Smith. That Ryan Johansson is only half mil better than Riley Smith the next two years. That's fucking insane. Okay? That's insane. That, that's, that, that's absolutely not the way that you should be running this if you are Peter Shirelli. And I have a major problem with that. And now that you give the name, it's just something else that pisses me off. So, uh, Johansson has 22 goals this year, 63 games, about 19 games left, right? And um, I, I assume he's going to get somewhere close to 30 goals. So, what's Johansson? What is that? He's, that's a 30, he's a 30 goal score. They're telling me, oh, man, I, I can't do it. I got to move on. <laughs> I, we just look. We just laid it down for you, right? We just laid it down for you. Who would you rather have, Pete? If I told you you could have one or the other, Tory Krug or Riley Smith? Tory Krug. Okay, we agree Hand, on that. Hands down. Um, I just think that if you get into the situation where you know as the GM what these guys are projected to make, whether it's arbitration and I, I don't know. That's what they told us, by the way. That's what Shirelli's telling us. But let's say he actually believed that, right? To be true. You gotta make a choice. You can't bring both of those guys back at that number. I'm sorry, you can't. Especially when you have other deals that you need to work out. Oh man. You know, if there was no salary cap, I wouldn't even care. But <laughs> clearly the Bruins are 
Uh, they have some issues right now. I got to move on. We got to get to the NFL news before I wrap up the week and before, before I shut this thing down. Uh, Chicago Bears have agreed to trade Brandon Marshall to the New York Jets. And he's traded to the Jets for a fifth-round pick. And I told you, we knew yesterday the Bears were going to entertain this stuff. Uh, they were going to entertain these deals. The Bears were going to entertain trading Brandon Marshall. All I said was, just make sure that you don't bring him to the Patriots. Make sure you don't bring him to the Patriots. I'm glad they didn't. They're going to send him to the Jets. Uh, thing is, who's the QB for the Jets? Right? Who's going to be throwing him the football? Who's the, who's the guy in New York that's going to be throwing him the football? Is it Geno Smith? Is that your quarterback still? You know, is he the guy that you think is going to connect to Brandon Marshall? I, I don't think he's the answer for the Jets. And uh, because of that, I don't care who you bring in at the receiver position. It won't be the answer for the Jets. The answer for the, for the Jets, and even a team like the Bills, is if the Patriots don't bring back Darrell Revis. And there is some news on that right now as I'm doing this broadcast is that and doing this podcast today is that the Patriots and they – I guess it's news, but I don't. You shouldn't be surprised. They declined to pick up the what the twenty million dollar twenty million dollar option on Revis. I don't think anybody anybody thought they would do that. But at the same time, you know, we're looking at this thing and saying to ourselves, when are they going to come up with a multi year deal? When is Darrell Revis going to sign a multi year deal with the Patriots? Is that coming anytime soon? Because it should be. And that's my concern with that. Is that why are we still talking about Darrell Revis? The only conversation we should be having about Darrell Revis is, is whether or not his new multi-year contract with the Patriots that he already signed is going to affect how much they give Devin McCourty. That, that's it. That should be the conversation we're having. Not, will they be able to bring Darrell Revis back? Ugh. Oh. You don't bring Darrell Revis back, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. It's it, it, Outside of the quarterback, it's the most valuable position on the team. And you might even have an argument that it is the most valuable position in football right now. It, it, it is. And Revis is the best in the business at that position. So, I, I don't know how they don't bring him back. But uh, the news that they didn't pick up his option, that's not really news to me. Uh, it's a formality. I, 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 t- it, what's going to be news to me is if he tests the free agent market and signs with another team. And if you're the Patriots, you shouldn't even have let him. It shouldn't even be to this point. They should have already re-signed him. But that hasn't happened, so we'll wait and see on that as well. Uh, so there you go. That's that's the big news uh, in the NFL, in uh, the NHL here in Boston. Oh, here's another one. Marshawn Lynch will re-sign with the Seahawks. So, they're probably giving him the biggest deal, and that's fine. I have no problem with it. I didn't expect him really to go elsewhere. I didn't expect him to retire. So, Marshawn Lynch will be back with the Seahawks. I think it's good for him. I think it's good for the Seahawks. I'm sure he's upset. As we know, he was in Turkey talking about how he, you know, he wanted the ball and really contradicted himself in the process. But he's going to be back with the Seahawks. I think it's a good move for him. Good move, obviously. Uh, for Seattle. So, what do you got this weekend, Pete? You got anything? Is there anything that I need to be watching for that we need to be watching for? It's one of those weeks where you just sort of want to wrap it up. 
Um, I didn't think we'd be wrapping it up with all this confusion with Bruins contracts, but we are. Uh, you got anything uh, that we should be paying attention to this weekend? Is there anything out there that I need to know heading into this weekend outside of maybe looking at some of the spring training storylines that I'm sure we're going to get into next week? You got anything? There is one crucial, one. crucial, crucial sport, sporting event this weekend. What? And it's tomorrow. The Leahy Hollerin Dodgeball Tournament. The Leahy Hollerin Dodgeball yes. Tournament. Are you playing? Oh, of course. We're the, we're the defending champs. I, I never played in a dodgeball tournament. Uh, I probably never will. Um, I got to work tomorrow. I got to work Sunday. You can hear me on WEI both days. Uh, you know, day off for a day. I can't remember the last day off where I just just had it to have it. You know, just had nothing to have nothing. You know, there's days that you have to take because you got something to do. But uh, things that come up. But I, I can't remember the last day off where I just had it to have it. Right? No. Can't remember that one. So, we're working all weekend again. Make sure you listen to this show five days a week. DannyPicard.com um, We will be on iTunes soon. We're in the process of changing some things around with how we're bringing you the show and what we're using. What really uh, audio services and podcast services. So, I'm changing some things. You probably notice on the website a lot of SoundCloud stuff can listen on SoundCloud. Listen at DannyPicard.com. Soon to be on iTunes, I promise. Follow me on Twitter, at DannyPicard. Like me on Facebook, Instagram, all forms of social media. Again, on WEEI here in Boston, both Saturday and Sunday. And then right back here in the Beantown Athletic Studios on Monday morning, five days a week. Have a great weekend. Talk to you Monday.